seconds left. Boston only has a one-point lead. Greer is putting the ball on a play. He gets it out deep and Havlicek steals it. from the parking lot, and Vermont has a 59-55 lead. Swung line drive left field, one run is in, here comes Green, here's the throw to the plate, he is safe, Braves win, Braves win, Braves win, Braves win. Five seconds left in the game, do you believe in miracles? Yes! Unbelievable. Down goes Frazier, down goes Frazier. I just got three things to say. God bless our troops. God bless America. And gentlemen, start your engine! It's showtime. Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, and sports enthusiasts from around the world. This is the podcast you have all been waiting for. Whether listening in the car, on your morning drive, or with one earbud in at the office, this is the sports show that has it all. From pro wrestling to the octagon, from the gridiron to the baseball diamond, from the pitch to the ice, it's all here. You have tuned in to Mount Sterling's most downloaded podcast that drops on Saturdays at 3 a.m. This is not your average podcast. This is From Corner to Corner. And now, here are your hosts. Sean Big Papa Kuyper, Wes Redman Crouch, Adam Big Country Muncie, and Neil Mulletman Payne. And welcome back. I told you that we would be back. I didn't know that. You did. But I did tell them that we would be back. And we're back. Yeah. Because I'm a man of my word. Yep. And if you don't know, this is the From Corner to Corner podcast. We look a little different this time because Wes just exited the show and we added somebody much more important in Coach Jason Mace. <laughs> so this is the From Corner to Corner podcast. We got Adam, we got Sean, we got myself, we got Coach Mace, we got producer Darren back there with the microphone. We may hear from him a time or two. But guys, how, how'd your week go? Solid. Solid. Did you have a good Christmas? Interesting. <laughs> I mean, our week was good, but we didn't bring home any hardware to Montgomery County like Coach Jason Mays did. I mean, we basically made Estill County Montgomery County Annex. You know they serve Caesar salads at their concession stands? As they should. What good <laughs> basketball arena does not serve Caesar salads? Even at the middle school. When yeah. They, they, they transfer. They, so... On Saturday, a kid for Holy Covington Holy Cross dunked in warm-ups and shattered the backboard. Ah, so that's Est- why I had to move. Estill County High School. I, I was going to ask why I had to move. I was too. Um, the last time I've seen that was my uh, uh, my first year after I graduated Georgetown. Will Carlton at Georgetown was a senior. It was a senior day. He did a he threw a lob up. It was going to he was going to bounce and he was going to catch it and dunk it. He threw it up, did a cartwheel, caught it, dunk it, shattered the backboard. Ten minutes before they were supposed to play uh, Travis Ford in Campbellsville. Oops. Yeah. But anyways, uh, so they couldn't play uh, at the high school Saturday. 
And so they had to move it to the middle school, and it uh, was great. They moved the concession stand over there. The, the They got one side of the gym that is bleachers. The other side is just benches, and it was full. Uh, probably louder in there than it would have been in the high school. It was a really good atmosphere. and uh, We got a well-needed, much-needed wind. Now, two questions. One, how long does it take to get that fixed? And two, what's mm. it cost? Well, their their goals are the old kind where, you know, it's the – you know, they, they've probably see they built Estill County High School, what, in the early 80s, mid 80s, I think. Um, so it's going to take them a minute. I mean, because it's somebody's got to come in there and probably all backboard sizes are the same, but how they're mounted can be different for, you know, depending on the, what I guess what we would call the apparatus yeah. supporting it. Um, so I don't know. Brian Hall's anxious about it. I know that. <laughs> I bet. So. We how did uh, Christmas break go go for you guys, Coach? I mean, it's a loaded. That's a loaded question. I really like where we are. Um, that being said, we're not where we want to be or where I think we're going to be. Um, but it's it's been a challenging season, and I knew it would be. You know, I been out there throwing out the saying, "We're going to be the best five hundred team in the state come first of February." really hoping it wouldn't come true, but it is going to be true um, for several reasons. One, we've had some games we played extremely poor. Um, Lincoln County, last day of the gateway, we were we were atrocious. Um, at Powell County, atrocious. Um, you know, and then we've played some really good teams um, that we didn't belong on the floor with at that time because – I didn't know how to coach the team. They didn't know how to play for me trying to coach them. Um, but then, you know, we had a, a, a bad loss at home versus Bourbon County. Um, and then another factor is we haven't been healthy. I mean, we had two games where we had, at the time, 53 points a game sitting in street clothes because of injuries. Then it went down to 32, 31, 33 points a game. So – Luke practiced yesterday, today, no contact. He goes to the ortho tomorrow at UK, and we're hoping he gets cleared. But, um, you know, he, he's got a really bad, unique – there's a UCL ligament in your thumb that prevents your thumb from going back towards the inside of your mm-hmm. wrist. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had two players that have missed the season because it tore from the bone and there has to be a screw put in and you're out eight weeks, you know. So I think we're fortunate that he did. He's not missing the season, so it was just a really bad sprain, and it just takes some time to heal. Yeah. So uh, he's been out since um, the Bourbon County game. You know, he got hurt in that game, and that was December fifteenth. So I think it's um, made us stronger. We definitely have had adversity, um, but we're getting better. You know, um, so I, I'm proud of our guys. You know, we. We got a long way to go. This is a big week for us in practice. We had a two and a half hour practice today. Uh, I know they're tired because I'm tired watching them get tired. But um, uh, I, I like where we're headed. So, would you chalk up? You talked about you know you talked about the atrocious play and had some really bad losses. Would you chalk that up to growing pains? Uh, yeah, I guess in a roundabout way. What it, mainly it is is I wasted 38 practices this year. <laughs> I think today was practice 44. Um, 
for 36, 37, 38 practices, I was trying to figure out what we do well and how we can do those things in live competition on the floor come game time. And I was just missing. You know, I was just, this ain't working, that ain't working, this ain't working. Um, so part of that is I think I was waiting on them to meet me where I was where instead of meeting them where they were, um, which is weird because they're way more talented than what they've been playing. But it just goes to show you how much of a team sport basketball is. Right. Because if you get these, if you got five players that are on the same page, it really doesn't matter how individually talented they are come game time. Um, combine that with injuries and combine that with young youth. You know, I mean, this is the first year Tyce Jarvis has played man to man defense outside of AAU, which, you know, they don't play defense. Not often. Sorry, AAU buddies, but, uh, you know, that's not, you know, they're there to get a exposure in front of coaches and play and try to score as much as they can. But, you know, middle school, we played zone. Um, You know, the guys that that played for John um, before I was here, they played a lot of zone last year, uh, about 75%. So um, I've said from day one, it's going to take until January, early February, for them to understand how we're playing defensively. And although I was right, I hate the fact that I was right. Right. You know, so – but we're going to be better off for it. You know, a cool thing. Um, a buddy of mine sent me a text the other day. He said in 2018, first year at Ashland, on December 29th, we were 5-6. and six. Uh, We were 7-8 and eight on December 30th, my first year in Montgomery County. Yeah. You know, and that that's important. That's perspective. Yeah. Because when you're right in the middle of making progress – it's hard to see the little steps. Yep. It's really hard. Whatever. Not just some team sports and basketball, but just probably a bit growing a bit. You're growing your podcast. Yep. You know, where you guys are right now, it's probably hard to see the little steps forward that you're taking because you're, you're wanting to take bigger steps. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's greed or ambition, whatever it is. We're all guilty of it. And so that was some perspective that, you know, hey, we're taking steps forward. Um and so winning that tournament this weekend, we beat some good teams. I mean, Lafayette's a lot like us right now. They got all new players, uh, relatively new coach, and um, they're getting better. Man, they're hard to guard. It's a bad matchup for us. And then Covington Holy Crosses, they were 7-2 to two going into that game, and um, we were down 16. We were down 31-15 yeah. and just fought our way back, and that was it finally started clicking. And then uh, – um, but we also have some non-basketball things we're working through. You know, I, I think this team is uncomfortable winning. As weird as that sounds. Yes. I think there's anxiety around um, having a lead in a game and, and, and being com- being uncomfortable with how to respond to that. Okay, you got an eight-point lead. All right, let's take this. Let's take Lafayette first game, up 13. Let's take uh, Bourbon County, up. 13 or 14 in the first half. Um, we were up on Woodford County, who's a top 15 team in the state. Um, you know, we've had games. We had leads. We were playing well. Lincoln County, up 11-5 first quarter. He has to juice a timeout. We're playing well. Never was the same after that. It's like they don't know how to respond to prosperity. 
in the moment. And so we're really breaking that down from a sports psychology standpoint. And, you know, the funny thing about anxiety, guys, is it's it's all future-based. Yeah. Like, it's all what, what ifs. ifs. Yep. Our, our brain is telling it, – it, its job is to scan um, the dangers that – the landmines that we could potentially step on in life. You know, I, I think that's how we were created. You know, we have this free will. We have this brain that has more energy and power and computation skill and, than, than any computer on this earth probably ever will have. And um, we don't – we as humans, we don't know how to use it. But this brain sometimes says, okay, we walk – oh, you need to be nervous because you might say the wrong thing or you might get made fun of or you might look fat or, you you know, it's all just coming into this room, you know. Same thing in basketball game. You know, okay, what if I miss a shot? Are we going to lose the lead? What if I turn it over? What if, oh, if I don't know if I remember this play the right way? And we start wigging ourselves out as these, these te- they're teenagers in a basketball game, and it usually happens when they're ahead. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's been fun for me to navigate those challenges with these kids because never really had to do that before. Um, but our word of the year is is competitor, and everything we do is how are we competing? What does competition look like? What's the what's the character portrait of a character in this situation? Um, and so, like today, I bet we I bet I said the word compete and competitor and competition twenty times. I mean, we're just we're wearing that word out because that's what ultimately we've got to be better at is being better competitors. Well, you, you said a while ago that you basically essentially wasted the first thirty eight practices. So, have you had to change the format of practice, or is it just the the, the goal of what you're trying to get out of each of these practices that you've had to change. That's more X and O stuff. Yeah. Um, we're changing some of the schematic. Like uh, Offensively, I was prideful. Um, and some of the stuff that I know over the years has really worked, prideful that I've had coaches of the highest level say, hey, that's that's really good. I'm stealing that. Hey, walk me through this set. I saw it on a, one of your kids' highlight tapes. want to put this in, and, you know, they're coaching the ACC. You know I mean? So I think there was pride that my stuff was really good, you know, yeah. plays and stuff. But that doesn't mean it's good for my high school team in Montgomery County High School. Right. So it was humbling. Uh, and But it's all part of the process of figuring this team out and um, being self-aware um, and, you know, not, not having pride caught up in what has worked but what will work. I think right. there's a big difference there, you know. So you were talking about, you know, your injuries and um, – people being out, but that has also allowed some other guys to get some time and play pretty well. Yeah. You know, depth is an issue for us. Um, And I was watching an old um, YouTube video on Coach Cal. What's the guy, In-Depth with Grant Bensinger or something like that? You ever watch his shows? He has some great guys on there, Um, really, you know, sports leaders and I was watching one the other day with Saban. But um, I was watching one from 2015 where I had Coach Cow on. And um, Coach Cow's right. He said in this interview, he said, I don't know of a coach that plays more than seven or eight guys. He was talking about when he pl- pl- platooned mm-hmm. um, five in, five out. He said there's some rare exceptions, and that was one of them. He said, but the reason why you don't probably want to play a whole lot of guys is because it, it's hard to get a rhythm if you're shuffling guys in and out all the time, you know? So you can't really complain about not having great depth when you're probably not going to play a lot of depth in the first place. Um, 
But at the same time, those guys that aren't getting the minutes are as important to your team and your locker room and your culture as the guys that are. So there's a fine line between balancing what I call what is called the Pareto principle, where 80% of your results comes from 20% of your talent or 70, 30, 75, 25. It's, it's true in life. It's, it's crazy how accurate that is. But, you know, I mean, there's a reason that Luke and Tice and, 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 and Brecken and, and depending on the game, Ethan, um, those three or four guys are major points producers. And there's been some games where Dawson is, Dawson just had 17 in a game uh, against Holy Cross last week. So, but usually it's two or three guys that bear the brunt. I was uh, Ashland the other day. The head coach called me. He had three guys score. They had they had a win against uh, Jefferson Town in the semifinals of the AIT. He had three guys score. So you better make sure that. The, that small group that's producing that 20% that's producing 80% of your results is getting really meaningful reps every day in practice because that's what's going to win or lose you games. Right. But at the same time, the guys that produce the 20% of the results, the 80% of your locker room, you have to make sure that they're buying in and they understand the roles and proper expectations have been set forth clearly and concisely early on and that you're managing their egos and their situations and, you know, uh, because I want them to compete too. So what motivates them to compete every day as hard as they can and not play any minutes in the next game? You know, it's hard. But the the coaches that figure that out usually win a lot of games in their life, you know. So so some guys have had opportunity, but Isaiah Rowlett is, is one. He's a freshman. And uh, um, Isaiah's got a ton of potential. But that's what it is right now. It's potential. Um, he has a pure stroke. He's got a very, very nice shot for him, high-level shot for him. Uh, I think he'll, if he gets as tall as his brother, he'll be 6'4 and a half, 6'5", you know, before it's all said and done. Um, loves the game, wants to work hard at it, needs to fuel his body better. Um, you know, that's part of being a teenager, right? You gotta, eventually, you got to quit eating cereal and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches all the time and goldfish. You know, you got to fuel your body. So he's he's starting to do that better. That's what my problem is. You, you fueled your body too much. I did. Yeah, <laughs> too much fuel. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so uh, – but, you know, he's got to learn to score off the dribble and not just off a of catch and shoot. And he's got to learn to welcome pressure, not shy away from it. He needs to learn to play in tight spaces, not constantly seek space, um, because those guys are usually easy to guard, you know. So, but he's, you know, he's helped us. Um, he's getting better. He's going to be a really good player. Um, he's going to score a lot of points in his career here for it's all said and done. And then I love Dane Clutie. Dane Clutie's averaging like 500 fouls a second right now. But um, um, I love Dane. He's one of our best on the floor communicators. His energy level is great. He's the he's the clown in the locker room, if you will. Clown's not the right word to use, but he's the morale guy, the, the joker, you know. And he's 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 a glue guy for us, and he's been awesome because there'll be games where he'll play seven or eight, ten, eleven minutes. There'll be games where he doesn't get in, and he's the same. So I really love Matthew Willoughby. He's a senior. Um, Matthew's got to play a little bit. Probably wants to play more, but um, you know, um, those guys know that we're trying as a staff, and and they're they're letting us coach them hard, and so you know, 
those guys are just as important as Luke and Tice and anybody else that starts, you know. Brecken's starting to play a lot better. I think Brecken was forcing the issue too much early on. Um, there was five games in a row he had missed, like, I think it was nine layups. Um, and you just got to let him play through it. You know, I mean, what are you going to do, sit there and harp on him? I mean, who's the, who, who do you think knows he missed a layup more than anybody? He does. Himself, you know. Um, jump shot starting to come around a little bit. He's getting a little moxie to him. Um, I think he's tried to lead, but he didn't know really how to lead because he didn't know what really my expectations for him was. So how's he supposed to lead others if he's confused about my relationship with him and his relationship with me, yeah. you know? So, I mean, you guys, this is just, it's, it's, it's is why I do what we, you know, that's why I'm a high school coach that, has no idea how much money I made in my last paycheck. I just hope it hit the right bank account, you know. <laughs> I mean, I would do this for free, you know. And it's it's investing in these kids and having a community wrap around them, and, which I don't think we've caught traction on that yet, and it'll probably take a year. But um, I love what we're doing right now. I love what we're tracking towards, you know. I just – our district's so tough. You know, Clark County, I mean, they've only lost one, one game. They're good. Josh does a heck of a job there. I'm not just blowing that air up his skirt. I mean, he, he's he's got it figured out, you know. But, I mean, he went through these growth growing pains when he first got there, you know. Uh, Mason County's can really score the ball. Harrison County's got the their, their main guy back or coming back in a few weeks from a hand injury, so that'll change their dynamic. I mean, I think Bourbon County's way better than people were giving them credit for. Now, do I think we can win the game? Yes. Should we win the game? Yes. But, I mean, they came in our place and beat us. But um, So I don't know what it's going to look like come March. Um, but I know that we're going to be a much better team come that time. And we're going to be better competitors come that time. And so it's not a matter of uh, will we win. You know, the, the W-H-E-N and W-I-N are two words that have just been in my mind. You know, win, E-N, will we win, I-N. And, you know, as a man of faith, you sort of just put it in God's hands and hope that you're doing everything that, you know, he calls me to do as a coach for these kids and that it'll, it'll happen in its own course. Well, <clears throat> you touched on the win, E-N, and the I-N. Yeah. That was part of your video that we yeah. saw floating around. And uh, one of the things that I noted, that I caught out of that was at the end of every practice, you all are taking the picture of yeah. win, W-I-N, or W-E-N, you will win mm -hmm. a district or regional. And, and I think that's – I think that's pretty cool because you're putting that positive mindset of it's not a matter of when, but or it's not a matter of if, but when, right? Yeah. And and that's the kind of mindset that you you got to have in order to move forward you towards see that goal. You got to see it before you see it, right? You know, and so you saw. I don't know if you guys have seen. I am not active on social media like I <coughs> have been. I don't know if it was because the everything that led to me no longer being at Ashland and how that affected me and my family. And I mean, that was not a fun time. So sort of got burned by social media during that time in my life, but I'm also getting older, you know, and my focus has been really on this team. And, you know, if you do social media, right, it takes a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. So um, I haven't been as active on it as I have in the past, but um, don't really regret that. But if you've been on social media, 
I think I posted some team uh, the team picture when we won the trophy at the Essel County tournament. If you look at that picture, every one of those kids they're not in a random spot. They're in exactly the same spot next to the same the same person on the left and the same person on the right that they're with every day at the end of practice. That's we we close practice that way. And I'll say one two three, they all you know act like there's a camera up there. And it's not the first time I've done that. Um, we did that at Ashland. And so I thought that was something I wanted to bring with me. It's just uh, it's pre-visualization. And um, so after that win the other night, um, they said, Coach, can we take our picture? And I was like, yeah, but it's a scrimmage picture. It's not the real picture. You know, because the real picture is when you win a district or the regional tournament. Right. So, you know, I mean, buddy, we've been meditating. I mean, uh, get this team figured out. I, there's, I've tried everything, you know. I'm not going to give up on them. So we're seven and eight. Um, should should have beat Powell County. That was uh, no offense to Powell County. They played really well. They got good players. So better than people realize. But we were we were not the best versions of ourselves. I'd, I'd like to have the Bourbon County game back. I'd like to have the Lincoln County game back. Um, you know. So uh, everybody says, "Well, you've been hurt. You've played a great schedule. And we have played a crazy schedule." But you know, we had everybody at Powell County. And we didn't have Tice against Bourbon. And we didn't have Luke or uh, – and E was hurt. No, E wasn't back for we – we were missing two starters in Lincoln as well at home. But, you know, we had, we've had we had games we didn't play well with all those guys. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, it's just an excuse. Yeah. And I, uh, we don't – I think our guys are getting annoyed when people say, well, you've played such a good schedule and you've been hurt because they've heard me say that's just an excuse. Yeah. So, um, but – we're playing better. We're practicing better. I'm coaching them more efficiently. Our staff is doing really well, man. Jordan and Brent are, um, you know, I could have hired a third or a fourth assistant, and I didn't this year because um, it was important that I hire guys that um, I knew were going to be there every day and, and work their tails off and do what I tell them to do. And I was going to have to spend a lot of time. I'm having to coach them too, you know. I mean, Brent's 26 and Jordan's 30. Um, it's their first time working with me, and, and I'm, I'm of a different ilk. And when it comes to things, we do a lot of things um, that other programs don't, I'll just say. And um, so it puts a lot of more time demands on them. And so I wanted to uh, make sure I had a staff that uh, was going to be there whenever we needed them to be there. So I kept the staff small. Uh, so they're working their tails off. It's always good to have Coach Tapp there on the bench. He comes when he can. He's been supportive, and he's a he's a good connector between programs and teams of the past and our present. So that that's helpful. Um, but I love this place. We haven't found a house yet. I love the school. Love the program. Like where we're going. I love Montgomery County. Just like, just I just like the the as they say in the Old Testament, the boundary or in in, in 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 Proverbs, the boundary stones of our basketball program, you know, whether it's the school, whether it's the community, whether it's our facilities, our players, our talent, MCYB, the middle school, the elementary schools, how the district is set up, our location, you know, everything that's inside of our boundary stones, if you will, for this setup here um, really fits who I am and my wife and my kids as well. So um, thanks, by the way, for having my Having Junior on the show, yeah, yeah, he did, he he did really good. Uh, so you talk about being seven and six, seven and eight, seven and eight. Sorry, I, numbers are hard. Uh, 
And you, at least three games you talked about, sounds like we've beat ourselves in at least oh, yeah. three games. 100%. So, uh, what can we do? And I know you talked about you talked about some of it, but what can we do to fix those things? And, well, and it, it's, it, it truly is, a lot of it is a, is a shift in mindset and, and culture, right? Mm-hmm. And they they got to quit playing like a people pleaser. And I think they're they, I think that they they don't want to disappoint me. And that's if we break that thought down, it would look like I don't want him to yell at me. I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to get caught out in film. I like him. I know he's trying to do a good job. I don't want to disappoint him. All those different thought paradigms come into that. But um, so, I mean, I've decided to say, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bark at you if you mess up. That ain't ever changing. And my wife says, she says, yeah, but you get a really loud bark. <laughs> and that's just sort of who I am, I guess. But I'm very direct. You know, these guys are always going to tell them the truth. And um, so I think that they're sort of adjusting to that. Um I'm not a passive person, and I don't coach in a passive way. And when things aren't going well, I need to do a better job of being more composed with these guys versus, you know, no, you don't do this. You're supposed to do this instead. And then they make the same mistake again. I lose patience with them. You know, okay, you could sit here and say, well, okay, they shouldn't make the same mistake twice. No, they're going to. You know, they're going to make it up make the same mistake the third and fourth time too. So I've got to be a little bit more composed during games. I have been here recently. I think that's been helpful. Um, I can't ask them to do things schematically on the floor that doesn't fit who they are. And so I had some things put in that, I mean, we got sets that Utah Jazz are running. You know, I got sets that um, Texas A&M is running, you know. Well, great, good. Pat myself on the back. Good stuff, right? doesn't mean that Dawson Gentry needs to run that play. No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So part of this is I'm having to say, okay, just because I like it doesn't mean it fits who we are. So right. we're having to scrap some things that we've spent a lot of time on that's just not working. So most of what you say, beating ourselves, is my fault. Um, but I don't really regret what we've been through because I think it's sort of necessary to get to where we want to be. Um, I could care less about a record. Really, honestly. I could, I'm not losing sleep over being 7-8. and eight. Um, Now, I've lost sleep a lot this season, but it's, it's not about the record. It's about the way we've gotten the record. Um, the scheduling was probably overzealous on my part, but I really don't regret that either um, because – these kids are getting used to high-level athleticism, high-level coaching, high-level talent. Whereas, I mean, guys, we, I mean, just this comes Saturday, we got two top twenty teams coming in. We're playing one of them. I mean, last time we pre- played Frederick Douglass was December twelfth. They beat us forty. I have never been beat 40, 41. I've never been beat that bad ever. And that's it's not about me, but like. I didn't know how to help our team that night. Yeah. I mean, I felt like I was in the ring with a knife against Rambo. And like, what do you do? And our kids felt that way too. So, you know, 
I'm excited to see how we play against them this time. You know, I think we're going to compete against them, and I'm, I'm you know, we beat them great. Um, we're going to prepare like we're going to beat them, but I just want to fight them. You know, not in a literal sense, right. but I just want to show them that hey, we're better. We're not going to lay down to you, and that wasn't the best version of who we are on December 12th. I mean, that should be a good measuring stick for oh, you 100%. as a as a coach and a staff. For 100%. you all to be like, here's where we were, here's where we are now. Yeah, I mean, guys, whoever's in the state tournament this year, there's probably going to be four teams and at least four teams in the state tournament that we will have played this year, yeah. maybe more. You know, and, and that doesn't include GRC district opponent. You know, but uh, I mean, Camel County is really good. I told everybody they were going to be good. They're ranked in the KSR poll. I think they're 21st. We got them coming to the house here not too long from now. Harrison County is going to be good when they get the Custer kid back. Um, you know, we got Highlands, who's really good this year. The the Vincent kid who's at Northern, his little brother, is a really good player. Um, so, you know, we haven't have we played Great Crossings yet? No, we don't play them. We don't we play them in the summer. Okay. Um, we were in some tournaments that they were in, but we never faced them. But uh, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I don't want to play them either. <laughs> I think they're the most talented team in the they're state. They're pretty tough. They're Lyon County is probably the best team yeah. in the state. Those kids have been playing together since they could and, walk. And they just beat the, the snot out of Lexington Catholic. Yeah. And By like 20 points. points. Yeah. I mean, Fred, Frederick Douglass is good. Woodford County is good. I mean, Baller's good. Um, I mean, we've played some really – Good teams, and we're going to continue to play some really good teams. We still got to go to Woodford in Jan- January 30th. We go to Woodford, um, you know. So we're not done. I mean, Woodford and Frederick Douglass were in the Final Four last year. So uh, GRC was in the Final Four last year. We play Warren Central um, in two or three weeks. Have they got their County. players back? Uh, I don't know if he's back yet or not. Okay, because they struggled early on, and it was because yeah. they were they were down some players. Yeah, I mean, so we've played everybody. We will have played everybody some several times. That was in last year's Final Four. So at least these kids know that they're not going to be scared of anybody. Now they're gonna they're gonna say, yeah, they were better than us, and they kicked our tail. But the fear of them is gone. The anxiety of I wonder if we can compete with them that's gone. Now they know, like we played Frederick Douglass this time. They're like, okay, I'm not scared of you. I know you're more athletic than us. I know you're faster, more, athletic, and you can jump. I mean, that's an all kid guy. I, I swear to goodness, Superman can leap a building in a single bound. So can the Chenault kid. Yeah. You know, I mean, that kid, he is a human pogo stick. And, um, you know, they, he's one of the most athletic high school players I've ever seen. He's a, and he's a football recruit. He's an SEC football recruit. But, uh, Adam was that way in the Hollers of West Virginia. I, I was. I, I doubt that. <laughs> no, no, it, it's true. It's true. I would show you videotape, but, you know, in West Virginia, stuff gets lost and all that. Coach, uh, something you've mentioned, uh, when you first came on the show, you talked about how you wanted to have a team that the community was proud of. Yeah. Cove, who was it? Holy Cross Covington? or Covington, Covington Holy, Holy Cross, yeah. yeah. You're down 16. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting at the house watching on NFHS because we didn't make the trip to Estill. Bad on us. I mean, I'm going to talk about the community not getting out to support these teams. It's on me too. But when you all went down 16, I told my wife, I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. But you all found something in the tank, and you think that could be a turning point for the season? Like, okay, here we go. Maybe. Um, I don't think – I still think we got some more hiccups. Yeah. 
Like, I don't think we have eradicated all the bad moments that we're going to see this season. I think we still got a few more growing pains, if you will. Um, but that game was A, me being composed. B, they finally took a verbal, guys, we have to adapt to what they're doing by doing A, B, and C on a whiteboard at halftime, and they went out there and they, they did it. Um, whereas that, that's been a struggle this year. I, I mean, mean, they scored 12 points after that, right? It was yeah. 44-43. Was yeah, we, we've had 12 turnovers this season coming out of timeouts or huddles at quarter breaks, 12 turnovers. And that's unacceptable. That that drives me crazy. And so I sit there and badmouth them and, you know, but that's not going to change it. So where, where, where am I culpable in that? You know, how am I not communicating properly? And the, the truth is it's just going to take more repetitions of getting things right and screwing things up. We're spending a lot more time in film, but I hope so. I hope that's a pivotal point because um, we played even better. Uh, Lafayette's a good team, although the record's not indicative of it. They're like us. They're 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 getting a lot better, and we played our guts out that game too. But uh, um, you know, I mean, Holy Cross was good. They're they're a good basketball team. They'll they'll that ninth three. I I think the ninth region is the best basketball in the state. Everybody think, looks at me crazy when I say that. I'm telling you, it is the best basketball. Is that the in Northern? The state. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're like, what about Louisville Lexington? Cincinnati's bigger than Louisville Lexington. You know, right. I mean, I mean, they there's a ton of schools up there. Yeah. It's a nice place to live. It's a it's part of the triangle between Louisville Lexington and Cincinnati that's that's growing in this state. Um, I mean, they're I mean Cooper's good. I mean Highlands is good. Cuff is always good. Newport's one of the best teams in the state. I think they're a top five team right now, give or take, uh, that no one's talking about. I mean, there's, I mean, they're they're good. There's just really good basketball teams up there. Boone County's good this year, and I'm forgetting some. Um, but uh, so that was a good win for us. But I don't know. I hope it's a pivotal point. You know, you talked about you shouldering a lot of the, the blame and, you know, you you not preparing well or not doing the right things or, you know, whatever. And that's got to feel good for you that, you know, you are down. You did – here's what we need to do, X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And your team went out and did that. So it's like, okay, so they are listening. You know, I, they are listening. I am getting through to them in the appropriate way. So, I mean, that had to be a good feeling for you as well. Yeah. And it, it allows you – see, here's here's the whole thing. This is a – I don't know. I'm sure someone said this before, but it's sort of a revelation I had the other day. Uh, um, what was it? It was after the Gateway, but before the Estill County Tournament. I, I can't create momentum for them. Right. They can't play off coach-led momentum. I can't say X and O this, X and O that, X and O that, and boom, all right, we're up 18. Yeah. Doesn't work that way. Right. Players create the momentum, and then a coach coaches off that momentum. Right. You know, players go out and make plays, they get stops, they score, they hit shots. 
they force turnovers, and then I can, okay, that's working. We're gonna keep doing that. That that that's neat. Let's tweak this and, and let's get a little different angle on that. Or hey, ball screen, we're getting some good looks on ball screen pops, ball screen rolls, or some ISOs. Let's let's all right, let's go on this set because it gives us another look with that. Oh, they're switching. Okay, we score on this because so and so is having a good game. You know, Brecken's getting to the rim well tonight. He's finishing. He seems like he's in a. All right, let's let's run this to get a defender on him that he I think can get him to the rim. We coach off players' momentum, right? right. And these these guys have been I, I almost sort of like saying, "What do you want us to do, coach? What do you want us to do?" I'm like, "I want you to go play right. and step on somebody's throat, right? And then I'll be the best version of me if I can coach off your your the player led momentum. Mm. It doesn't need to be you playing off coach led momentum, right? You know, so that's that's some that's we've talked about that." You know, in the locker room, and we've broken that down. Um, so that is where I'm hoping that we continue to stay: is players are making plays, and then I'm composed as a coach, not you know in the rear end so much, and I'm and, and I'm more able to let bad moments go, focus on the, the the good moments, and learn from those, and continue to to do things that they can do and they're comfortable doing based on small successes that they're having in games. So that's where we are on that. So, Coach, what <clears> – <throat> you've mentioned film a couple of times. Yeah. What, what role does film play in you you bettering yourself to learn their style, them learning your style, and getting from A to B to better your team? Uh, Coach Jim Reed used to always say, um, the eye in the sky don't lie. <laughs> being the camera um it it's really been good for me as a coach so as a as a head coach at the high school level film is really telling and, and w- what you can do to do a better job coaching your team okay as an assistant you you spend most of your time figuring out your opponents and preparing for them. Um, and Brent and Jordan are doing an excellent job with that. And then communicating, um, you know, so let's say they we have about 15-page scout reports that the players never see. And they can't believe that. Like, how come we're not showing this to the players? Because the players are going to leave it in the foot their footlocker and we'll be cleaning it out in July. You know, they're, they're going to retain 5% of this. So make sure the 5% that they're retaining is what they need to retain. That's your job. But to get to that 5%, they have to do deep dives in the film. We have every GRC game that they've played except for one this year already broken down and statted analytically. And we don't play them until next Friday. Okay? So that's the system job. Head, the head coach, at least for me this year, film's telling me how I can be better coaching these kids. Man, that was a stupid call. Why did I do that? What was I thinking there? Okay, I'm wanting E to do this on this ball screen play, and that's just not who he is. Why did I, Okay, I ain't going to do that no more. So, now the players, um, it's a love-hate relationship with the players, film is, because they're either getting, they're either having uncomfortable film sessions or we're making them feel good about themselves. There's, usually there's nothing in between. It's either one or the other. Um and that's just the way it's going to be. Anybody says that you shouldn't be making players feel bad about making mistakes, come film. That's baloney. That's why they learn. You know, they don't want to. They don't want to make that mistake again. So let's watch it a few times. 
Oh, and let's even slow mode a few times and make sure that you don't make that mistake again. So it's, you know. Because they're going to say they didn't make that mistake. Oh, right. <laughs> so it's, but I'm also very analytical, you know, and that's, a, that's one of the big learning curves that I wasn't prepared for. It, for example, um, I was telling Cole Rhodes, like, Cole, you're just not ducking in and transition. And I was like, you know, when you're in the game, you need to run a five lane, rim to rim, and whoever is there, do it, smash down, and let's get a good low wide duck in. Coach, I'm sorry, I don't know what a duck in is. I'm like, how long have I been telling you to duck in and transition? A few weeks now. <laughs> No wonder you're not doing it because <laughs> you don't know how. <laughs> and if, all right, so so take your way, take yourself out of the Jason Mays headspace, put yourself in the Cole Rose headspace. I don't know if I'd know what a duck in is either. Duck? What do you mean duck? What, what duck? You know. So then he's just going out and doing what he thinks it is. Yeah, I mean, what's a duck in? Why? Why is the word duck a a a, a a waterfowl animal. Yeah. Why are you talking about it in basketball? You know what I'm I mean? I mean, with it being Cole Rose, I just assumed that meant tackle him on the way down because, I mean, that's what he's used to doing. He's doing such a good job of setting illegal screens, knock on wood. You know? <laughs> we had a timeout today, I said, and I put my hand on his knee. I said, Cole, he's a really nice kid, has a really good family. Don't hurt him. No illegal fouls. He might solve cancer one day, so don't hurt him. Just screening, be legal, and as he gets around, just pat him on the butt, saying "thank you," you know. And he's like, "Okay." I'm like, "No illegal screens, Cole," <laughs> you know. <laughs> but he's doing a better job of that. But you know, terminology, man they they don't they didn't know. Yeah. And that's just one example of Cole. But um, <laughs> you know, and Brecken's notorious for asking me a really good question because Brecken's really smart. A week after he's thought about it. Because I think he's like, how am I going to ask Coach what this means? Um, and, he, and I think he sort of feels he has to pick his times and when to ask me. I'm like, Brecken, that's a really good question. I wish you'd asked me that two weeks ago because we you, you would have known it by then, you know. So terminology, language, that's all part of culture development, you know. Um, how you talk to your team is important. And I'm talking to them like I've talked to all the teams I have since 1999, you know using the terminology that I was raised on. That, that's not their words. That's not their language. That's not their terminology. they got to adapt, and I, can, I need to let them have room to do that. Well, so that brings me, and I'm going to lead into, I think, something you want to talk about. So how important and, and, and integral will that be, you getting that terminology into the youth basketball that you've, that you've started up this year? Uh, or help start up, sorry. I mean, when, those terminology, those words and stuff, the, our terminology, our philosophy on the floor will be used in some coaching clinics, some player clinics. But outside of that, I, I don't want coaches to over – I don't want them to play zone. Right. I want them to teach kids how to guard man because they'll actually down the road be better zone defenders if they learn how to play man first. Outside of that, we pretty much stick to USA basketball rules and regulations for the league. But um, – you know, so terminology really only be from a coaching clinic and players clinic standpoint. Pretty much the same stuff that the kids will see if they come to our camps in the summer. Um, but, I mean, that's a good segue if you want to go down that road for the MCYB. Well, I was going to say, Adam, yeah, that, Adam has mentioned earlier. I was going to say, like, I know it's fun for me, probably stressful for you. Yeah. But that was a great league. I, I enjoyed it. The kids enjoyed it. And something that you did that it just kind of escaped – 
reality here for some reason, I don't really know why, was like, you thought, hey, we're keeping score. And as simple as that sounds, like, K1 level, we never kept score. Hmm. And it was like, okay, now these parents have seen that, yes, even five- and six-year-olds care whether they win or lose. Yeah. Now we can start establishing Absolutely. something here. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a, a K1, that's a delicate balance of having perspective and teaching some competitiveness. You know, right. I mean, there's there's – there's really no right way. A lot of that's dependent on the kid. But, um, okay, MCYB was a bear. I'm glad we did it the way we did it, although there were gaping inefficiencies. So I'm looking at it more from a how can we make it the best in the state, and I need to be thankful that it, it just happened, you know. Um, the core things, the elementary, having base in the schools, um, playing in the schools, uh, having school-based teams, all those, those core principles are, were huge. So we got that right. Um, 310 kids, 34 teams, 45 coaches, 350 games. I think the first, Adam, the first games were the second week of December, uh, November. November, yeah. And we ended December 19th. Yep. Most people ended December 16th. Okay, um, so we're talking a week, a month and a week, month and two weeks, you know, so it's a lot of games. Yeah. And I knew I wasn't prepared for all the logistics of it, but that hasn't stopped me from just diving into some kind of endeavor in the past and wasn't going to stop me here. But it was a lot because so when season started, we're practicing four to six. Well, the next two and a half, three hours, I'm going to gyms, paying referees, making sure coaches got what they need, making sure score score clocks are working. Oh, we don't we got to order score clocks, okay? Making sure that they the people learn how to use them and the remotes for them and all this kind of stuff. Um, the next morning at seven a.m., responding to emails, somebody spilled Kool Aid on the floor and um, it's leaving a stain, and we just had a floor done, which I hundred percent understand and appreciate, you know, but. The people that don't understand my side of it, they look at that as a huge issue. And, you know, I have to look at it with their eyes as well without expecting them to see it from my eyes. Yeah. So there was just a lot. And so a lot of time, a lot of hours. Um, this thing was nonstop. Um, and so we ran it, just pretty much the three of us, myself and, and, and Jordan and Brent. Um, I scheduled every practice, you know, I mean, it was crazy. But now, because we did it that way, we know exactly how to do it next year. Yep. When to do it, how to do it, how to do it better, what we need help doing, what kind of person we need to do this task, what per- kind of person we need to do this task, how much we need to budget for on these things, calendaring, um, how to work better with administrators and physical education teachers and custodial staffs. Um, you know, I mean, it's as simple as like, uh, oh, okay, your key card now works for all the elementary school gyms. Great, thank you. Go in there. Oh, it doesn't, we didn't turn it on for after 5 o'clock. Well, the league doesn't start till 6 o'clock every night, you know. <laughs> so, okay, we'll change that. Oh, Camargo's doesn't use the key card system. They're on a key hard key system okay i, I gotta get in Camargo. you know um 
our bleachers aren't working. Okay, reschedule this and that. Um, just there was always every day there was something. And then there was your Christmas program, your Thanksgiving. Oh, there and was all of that. We so. tried to be prepared for those. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you know we missed on one. You know, and or some somebody they you know one principal said, "Well, I turned it into the school district's um, facility use. They they, they filled out a facility use form." I never see those. You right. know, only principals see those. So I, I had no idea, but this person thought that I did see those. So um, it's just always something. You know, you're, um, I had most of the uniforms, but there was um, some uniform issues where uh, I let some kids register late and didn't plan appropriately for their individual uniforms to be done. And so some kids went most of the season without a uniform, which I hated, but we also fell into this shortage. Like, um, we were fortunate to get uniforms when we did because for about two or three weeks after that, she couldn't get any. Um, so we finally got that solved. And then one week I say, hey, don't we need to do pictures? You know, for the league? I'm like, oh, oh we're, we're going to have pictures, you know. <laughs> I mean, just let's throw that together, you know. So it was really like a gumbo of parks and recreation kind of deal. We just sort of just threw it all in and hope it tastes good at the end. So now what we're going to do, for anybody listening, is in April, I'm going to get through our basketball season. Because it did take a lot of focus off the team. That's part of the, one of the reasons probably, too, is is there was a lot of focus on that and not on my team. Yeah. And that may have been why I wasted the – but I think long-term, I'm, I'm not going to regret that. Um, but uh, we're going to have a board of directors for the MCYB that's going to be part of our booster organization. Um and they're going to be a direct report to our booster organization. Um, I'll still be involved in it, obviously, but we want parents and community people to run it. And um, I, I don't need to run it. Um, I need to show up and have a full, warm heart just watching those kids play and not go in thinking, okay, which parent's going to blast me about, you know, this ref- referee wasn't calling fair. Or the coaches being too loud to their son, you know. I mean, it didn't have a lot of those. I think parents and coaches and referees were all very patient and understanding. I tried to communicate well. Um, we didn't have an end of season tournament like I originally had wanted, but you know, I promised the school district I wouldn't play during Christmas break, and I couldn't break that promise. And so, you know, Gateway was starting on the twentieth. The last day of the season was the nineteenth. I'm sorry, something's got to give. You know, it's just one of those things. Whereas next year we're going to go into January, um, probably all the way through January. Uh, we'll take off the two weeks for Christmas, and we'll start back this time of the year. We'll have more regular season games, and we're going to have a city tournament, you know, the Mount Sterling City Tournament. And thankful, I, I, I hope it's okay that um, White Graham Maggard and Mount Sterling Pediatric Dentistry were our sponsors this year. Um, couldn't have done it without them. But uh, couldn't have done it without Dr. Thompson, Dr. Coros, our superintendent, deputy superintendent, all the principals, assistant principals, custodians, PE teachers. I mean, you know, because I'm cleaning up a gym at 8.30 at night. At, eight, at 11 and a half hours later, there's 40 kids in there ready for class. And that, that's a teacher's world. And you have to handle that with respect and understanding. So it's, it's just... Um, we're going to hire site administrators to where I'm not going to have to worry about, you know, 
having one of my assistants leave practice to go unlock an elementary school that was already supposed to be unlocked, you know, because a custodian was sick that day and I didn't know about it. So that we got a bunch of parents out in the freezing cold waiting to get in the gym, which I don't like, but that happened, you know, just little inefficiencies like that that we got to straighten out and clean up. Uh, and I think everybody as a whole understood that um, and was and they were, they had patience in that regards, which again speaks to this community. You know, so it was fun. It was hard. And we're going to make it really good. And we're going to have one of the best youth basketball leagues in the state of Kentucky. We're going to have over 400 kids in that thing next year. Nice. I mean, it, seeing those kids just put on their school colors. Like, there was a pride that went about. I'm like, hey, we're playing for MSE. They're, and yeah. to the teachers out there that might be listening, like, seeing those kids look in the stands and say, hey, that's my teacher. That's my teacher. My teacher's at the game. Like, you can't beat that joy on a kid's yeah. face. And, yes, they care who scores and all that. But at the same time, they're just happy you show up for them. Yeah. And that was a big deal. And I appreciate everything you've done because most high school coaches, they're not going to care about right. Little League, like five, six-year-olds. Why, why care about them? It's ten years before I get them or whatever. But you really took the time. You've done it right. I think it was a successful first season. A lot less stressful for me than it was you. Yeah. I mean, I'm a basketball coach. I'm 47 years old, and I can remember Mr. Armstrong at Shareville uh, Youth Center, my first practice as an eight-year-old playing for the Golden Eagles. You know, I mean, and so I just kept reminding myself of that. You know, one of those kids is out there, you know, and maybe he's going to be a really good player one day, and I'm going to be glad that I did this. Right. You know, so – and that's part of a that's part of getting bigger crowds, more engaged crowds, more engaged community. Is that that all that is all that goes into it? You know, I mean, look, I, I'm a realist. I promise you, I am. Like our product on the floor has to improve before we expect those seats to be filled. And um, we're working on that, and that'll happen. But all these other auxiliary things on the peripheral uh, go into that. So, absolutely. Well, Coach, we're going to mix it up a little bit. We're going to talk some other stuff. Let's do it. You ready? So, <clears throat> we always do this five topics in five minutes, but and it never, never takes five, five minutes. It takes like 55 minutes. <laughs> it does. It does. But I got five topics that I want to uh, end the show with. And then before we finish, we will name this week's Chemsoft Athlete of the Week. I tried to uh, do that on the Coach's Corner, and I got shut down really quickly. Yeah, because we did the Dog of the Week. I instead. didn't know that there was no notes. Yeah. So, but. NFL playoffs. Playoffs? There is 20 teams going into this weekend that still have a shot. A mathematical chance. Yeah. And the the Pittsburgh Steelers can actually still get in and lose. Yeah. It's crazy. This is the most teams that have had this opportunity in like 20-something years going into the last weekend of the the thing. So, you know, the Browns are in. The Bills can be the number two seed, or they can miss the playoffs. Yeah. How stu- how crazy is that? It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, Niners have locked up the the one seed because Philadelphia gifted that to them. <laughs> yes, I yeah. saw that. And then the Ravens have locked up the number one seed. Is Philadelphia broken? No, too talented. What they lost four out of five? Yeah. <clears throat> I think they really miss Shane Steichen. And, and the Gannon guy, I think they missed their co- coordinators from last season. Um, I don't – if if McCaffrey is not healthy, 
that changes the dynamic for the 49ers getting to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I know Mitchell's good, but he's not McCaffrey. Um, so I don't know. The, the NFC to me are, is wide open. Detroit can win that, but they can get blown out too. My fear is it's going to be the Dallas Cowboys. What are your, what are your thoughts on that uh, Detroit uh, oh. Cowboys game? The ending. Of it that? was scripted. The it NFL was, it was scripted. So, it's unanimous. You guys thought the Lions got screwed. Oh, no. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Especially when the referee told him that he was that, that, that he was good. Okay, so on the, on the video, it, I mean, why else would 68 walk? He was with 70, but why else would 68 walk up to that referee in that manner at that time if he wasn't reporting in? Right. Yeah. And, and according to Dan Campbell. did not talk to the official was 70. 70. Yeah, and that's who they said reported. That's who they said actually reported. And and according to Dan Campbell, this is something that has gone over prior to the game every time. This guy can be eligible. This guy can be eligible. We may do this. We may run this fake punt. He says there's a dry erase or no, it was Rex Ryan says there's a dry erase board that you're drawing some of this stuff out, talking about it prior to the game with the referees. Those refs have, by the way, been. Yeah, but, relegated. But but then they won't come out and say that they made a bad call. No, but they went all the way around it to say that. It's no, like, he doubled down on his decision. Yes, he he would not he come out. He doubled down call. on it yeah. and said, "No, here is how this all happened." Yeah. And he went and retold the story. But the NFL has come out and taken them off the playoff rotation. But nobody has said that like, the NFL has admitted it's because it was a bad call without admitting it. But the referees are like, nope, it was a good call. I, I just I, I thought it was a well executed play. I thought Campbell had some momentum. I thought talk about coaching off players' momentum. Yeah. That final drive, he was coaching off players' momentum. Yeah. I mean, he was he was dotting eyes <laughs> across he, the team, and, and he. If, if he could get away with it, he'd suit up and be out there well, tomorrow. Listen, if you if you have listened to our show for for any amount of time, especially way back when, I was a proponent of Dan Campbell being fired a long time ago. Yeah, I was I like, was he's not going to make it. I was not. And you I two wasn't, were I wasn't heavy. Either. Yeah, he, no, no, when, sure, no, no. When I, they started 1-6 last year, he I was calling was, for his job. I was always anti-Dan Campbell. Yeah. And I'm I'm happy to report that I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, another one of those opportunities where you trust the process and an actual process, right? But the thing with Detroit is, is they've hammered every single draft pick over the last couple yeah. of years, and 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 that's that's obsolete. Right. <laughs> Nobody well, does that. Well, and before we move on, we were talking about twenty teams being like that loss, like cost Detroit a chance at maybe the number one overall seed in the yeah. NFC. Yeah, and now they're not going like they'll get to host one game. But yeah. then they'll have to be on the road, probably. Yeah, they have to win now to make sure they get the three seed. Yeah. So yeah, Baltimore's playing well. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Are they? Yeah. Oh. And 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 so I'll, I'll skip number two. We'll we'll come back and do college football in a minute, which leads me to believe has Lamar locked up the MVP? Absolutely. It's hard to pass on. That. I, I don't. I don't know who would get. I it. mean, I know early in the season he was turning the ball over a lot because he cost me a lot of wins in fantasy football, but. Over the last month, he has played out of his mind, which paying him the money now makes sense, right? And a lot of a lot of people didn't think that they would do that, but 
I mean, Brock Purdy cost himself the MVP against the Ravens. Right. They just kept taking the ball from him. To, he got hurt, and they took him out. Brock Purdy looks like a 12-year-old boy. Yeah. And he doesn't feel like – it doesn't look like he should be able to do the things that he's doing. Well, they're locked into him, though. He's their long-term solution at quarterback. Um, Kyle Shanahan better I, hope. And, and, and going into the next question – Who's your so uh, who going into this? Who's your Super Bowl pick? Well, I'm telling you, I'm I'm bought into this conspiracy of the color of the Super Bowl logo, and I'm going Ravens 49ers. Did you see they, they have changed it? Alternated. They have that. alternate, and they think it's because of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. I swear to John, if the Dallas Cowboys end up in the Super Bowl, it is scripted 100. percent Yeah, yeah. I don't know that anybody can beat the Ravens if they're healthy. Yeah. Their defense is unbelievable. Their running game is great. And Lamar is is really starting to use Isaiah Likely and Zay Flowers. And you're seeing Patrick Mahomes look human. Yeah. Because he doesn't have weapons to throw he's, to. He's hey, got, listen, have you all seen the conspiracy that Taylor Swift, the longtime <laughs> Eagles fan, <laughs> dated yep. Travis Kelsey on purpose, on purpose She's destroying to from destroy him from within? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember a few years ago when um, a Cowboys quarterback this NFL game? Tony, Tony Romo. Romo Tony was dating uh, – was it was Carrie it Underwood? No, Britney Spears, wasn't it? Was he dating Britney Spears? I don't know. He was dating, he was dating some, some, some musician. Oh, yes. he dated was it, Carrie Underwood. No, it wasn't Carrie Underwood. It was – Britney uh, Spears. Was it? Jessica Simpson. Jessica, Jessica Simpson. Simpson. Yep, That's, yeah, yeah. literally just came to me. Yeah. Yeah, same, same kind of rumors right. were uh, flowing about – I'm telling you <laughs> – Taylor Swift is was mad that they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. She's like, "I'll get them. I'm gonna take them down from within." You saying Tay Tay is Yoko? Yep. She she <laughs> slid into <laughs> Travis's DMs. Yep. And and set the the negative path. We talked on the last show that we are we are a wrestling podcast at our core. We're not too long before Taylor Swift. Takes the the uh, hood off and it says, "It was me, Kansas City. It was me all along. It was me all along. Like the old Scooby Doo. Like, no, like the Vince McMahon. Yeah, I know, but you know, Scooby Doo. I just said wrestling. Oh, well. Go on, just stop talking. <laughs> so uh, last night was the semifinals in the college football playoff. Two really, really good games. That Michigan Alabama game, one of the best games I've ever seen. At at one point, it's thirteen to ten in the third quarter. Michigan cannot move the ball. Adam, both of me and you both text go. This is Alabama's game. And then Milrow fumble. Yeah, changed the whole dynamic. Yep. And and, and 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 he looked defeated after that. He 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 did. He looked he he looked scared at times, mm-hmm. and he looked a lot like he did when they played South Florida earlier in the season. He didn't play that game. He was one of the three They all played no, in wasn't. that game. No, he wasn't. Who were the three quarterbacks they played? There was only two. No, they there played was three. No, they played, no, they played the backup quarterback and the third up. string. Doubt me. I'm not doubting you. I'm just saying go look it up. Yeah. I'll look it up right now. Right, yeah, look, look it up because you're wrong. Because <laughs> they all we three. Won, we won't bet on it. They all three played. Won, Y'all want to bet a box of fudge rounds? I'll put a box sure. of fudge rounds on it. I'll, sure. I'll throw in a box of fudge rounds. All right. Darren, you Coach, did you watch the game? Yeah, I watched both of them. I went to bed at 1 o'clock last, this morning. That was tough, um, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. But um, we start school back tomorrow. Um, I thought Saban was – he, he, he was unique. What's the verdict there? 
What's the box score say now? It does say. Only two quarterbacks? It does say only two quarterbacks. Bud rounds? Bud rounds. Coming here. I'll, I'll bring him a box of Bud rounds. But I guess Milrow never threw a pass. That's no, what it was. He doesn't say he <laughs> no, ran either. Milrow got benched the following the Texas game, and that's the game he got benched, and it was Saban wanted to see how he reacted. Okay. I thought Saban was was different than he ever has been last night. I thought he was at peace with how far. I, I think he was at peace feeling that they maxed out this year. And he said that. Yeah. In, in his interview afterwards, he was like, you know, it, I don't look at it as winning and losing. He said, I look at it as where this team was to where this team got. Yeah. It, it could be one of the best teams that I've ever I coached. Mean, after, after the South Florida game, people were like, well, I mean, we were like, he's done after this year, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I have, I'm still not convinced he's not done. After no, this I'm, year. there's people that are around that are around him that are a lot closer to him than we are, and they're all saying that he's as bought in now as he's ever been. Yeah, I mean, he's got the Heisman Trophy winner on his team next year. I Probably. saw something I've never seen before with him the other day. He smiled. A dip cup in a Ferrari. Oh, oh yeah, I saw I did, that. I saw the Ferrari <laughs> with the dip cup. In yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and and the door had all the the, the packages of Red Man. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, that's probably the only Ferrari in the history of mankind has ever had Red Man in the door. <laughs> right. I, he only drives that on Wednesdays. I enjoy his when they show the clips of him in practice, and he's got his hat on, and he gets really upset, and he'll take his paper, and he'll be like, ah, ah, like he slaps his paper, and then he cusses the kid. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, he well, got, you know, he he doesn't he calls them by their number until he until he, they earn his respect. So if we're in film right now and it's uh, August, September. Now, 12, I don't know what you're thinking here. Or, or 81, I don't know what kind of route you thought you were running here, but we're in, you know, and he calls them by numbers. And so it's like a ride of passion if he would say, okay, now, Sean, you did a good thing here. I'm like, oh, he called me by my name. You know? <laughs> I made it. I'm and, here. And, and I didn't know that about him because you know he knows her name. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it, it's sort of a thing. He, does. he calls you by your, your jersey number until – well, it's a lot like with, with with prime, you know. Earn are you earning the number? Yeah, you know, which I assume did he wind up winning the the vote? Know, it was way out. I was really surprised by that. So, uh, um, Michael Penix Jr. is the best player in college football right now. Yes, um, right now, right now. Can he beat Michigan? No, it's Michigan's to win. How do you beat him? No way. How do you Michigan's beat Michael win. Penix? I'm telling you. If you look at that game last night, Texas was sitting too deep. Do you want to double so, or nothing on fudge rounds? That's a lot of fudge. <laughs> no, because I want my box of fudge rounds guaranteed. Okay. Well, I mean, but if but if you're right, you'll get two. But listen, Texas was blitzing. He's got receivers that make plays. Texas was sitting back too deep. He was just picking apart the zone. How do you beat him? He, you can't sack him. Rome, Michigan's been the best team all year long. Roman and Duze. He's a bad man. He's him. Yeah. I think it's a bad matchup for Michigan. I do too. I do too. I thought I'm, I, I thought like, the Alabama it can be game a was a bad matchup. matchup. I mean, you're you're both are right. Michigan can be the better team. Yeah. It could just be a bad matchup for Michigan. Yeah, I think. I mean, their Texas defense wins, is going to already beat them in Alabama. Texas and Alabama are like mirror images of one another. Washington's a different animal. Uh, I think I, well, I think it's Michigan's. Well, look. you you kind of heard it after the game. Washington's players are mad. That Penix did not win the Heisman, and they're trying to prove something for him. And I mean, he he picked apart that Texas defense all night long last night. How in the world Texas managed to get back in that game 
blew with a chance my mind. to win. Yeah, yeah, that took an incredible play at the end of the game for them to win. Um, but I think it'll be another great game. I'm not going to be surprised either way, but I think Washington is going to be. That's insightful thought there, Sean. I think either team will win. I can win. see either team I mean, winning. I can see either team winning. Either Michigan or Washington will 100% win that game. I feel confident in that. <laughs> we had a GA at Valdosta State. He went to go see a kid play one time. He come back. I said, all right, how do you look? Well, he does some things well and some things he doesn't do so well. <laughs> totally Was his name Sean Copper? <laughs> I said, I don't even know where to start with you. I, I relived one of the greatest Bobby Knight quotes of all time uh, yesterday. And it was, Coach, how'd you lose the game? And he said, that's the dumbest question I've ever heard. They scored more points than we did. <laughs> <laughs> of course, he said more colorful language there. But that's, he, that was the gist of it. He said, they scored more points than we did. That's how we lost. Is the Johnson kid hurt? Do we know anything from the, the number seven uh, running back? Dylan Johnson, I haven't seen anything. Well, today. They took him out on a cart. At yeah. the end, right? Now that that matters too. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. He's their he's their best legs, yeah. you know, as far as running the ball. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the coach knew after the game what they thought it was, but he wouldn't. Nobody would say. And I, well, I he was hurt earlier in the game. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, he did get hurt early. He had already hurt his knee earlier in the game, but I I think it's bad. And that's I don't another think thing you'll see him in the championship. Like game. with that. That allowed Texas to get back in the game because that was an injury timeout. If you can hop to the sideline to save a timeout, you got to right. hop to the sideline. You got to get there. Carry you or something. Yeah, I mean, West Virginia last game of the season against everything Baylor. goes back to West Virginia. Well, their center broke his leg. Last play, one of the last plays they're driving down to win the game. Center breaks his leg. He gets on all fours, well, three, two hands and one leg, and hops to the sideline. So. They didn't have to burn their last time out. I mean, Byron Leftwich played with a broken leg. <laughs> he got carried the whole way <laughs> the down the field. To the field. One of the craziest things I ever saw. So we so we want to do double or nothing? No. So you're not that confident? I just really want two boxes okay. of foot rounds. No, you get one box of foot rounds for me. I said no or nothing for me. I, I know, but one, So you'll still two. get one box? No. I'm... Okay. So <clears throat> since we talked about it just a second ago – an interesting thing that that I came across today is this is the first time since Nick Saban was the coach of 2007 at Alabama that they have went three years in a row without winning a national championship. You're saying he's more bought in now, more now than ever. Nelson, it was me that said that. That's what the people around him are saying that he's that he's more bought in now than he's ever. I've seen that as well. Are they are they any longer a threat? Yes. 100%. As long as Nick Saban's there, they're always a threat. They're more of a threat now than they would be if they won, probably. Because, because now they got the chip on their shoulder. Yeah. And return a lot of people. And return Jalen Milrow. I can tell you this. It is going to be really fun watching 12 teams battle this out next year. It's going to be so? I do. At the expense of the other bowl games? Because that's what's going to happen. Yeah, well, but the thing about it is, is the reason being is, is the kids will now stay. In the at these twelve schools, you won't have a Florida State. Uh, well, we're mad. We're not. We're not playing, so we're not going to play. You know, and lose sixty three to three. These the look at Missouri. Not a single player set out or transferred, and they go out and they beat Ohio State. And yeah, they beat a, a, a non 
starting quarterback Ohio State. I don't even but know it was, he's on scholarship. They beat <laughs> second and third string Ohio but State. It, but it was a Barely. gigantic Barely. win. It was. For Missouri. It was. It was in, a good win for their in program. In morale, in recruiting, any way you want to look at it, the team came together and they beat And it couldn't have been a better guy than just for me and Ryan Day. <laughs> Your favorite coach. I despise him. Yeah. So, Easy. I don't like Ryan Day. Are, are you a Michigan fan? I'm not. Why? Why am I not a Michigan fan? No. Why do I, because I don't feel like he has earned it. I don't think he earned that job. That's a premier job. And he is. He's done a good job. Has he though? Yeah. What's he done? Lost Man. to Michigan three years in a row. And that's so. His daughter plays a played on my AAU team, and oh, now um, you're getting personal, oh, Adam. No, no, it's <laughs> trust me. And their their kids have had to change schools three times because of that Michigan game. Like it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, oh. like the the Ohio State fans don't tolerate that. No. And then he but, loses to Missouri in in the bowl game. Like, you like he's been successful. He's only lost what like nine games or something in his in his coaching career. And the dude's going to be on the hot seat if he doesn't turn things around. Yeah, the one yeah, th- I think that's a fair statement. The one thing about Ohio State is they have to play their way down. They never have to earn their way up, and it's been that way for forty years. I mean, Ohio State's automatically going to be in the top four or five every so year. Alabama. I was going to say, so is, so is Alabama. Yeah, but Alabama's won how many national championships? They have. You know, Ohio State's got two in the yeah. in the in the two thousands. So two things: Dylan Johnson's X rays all come back negative. They the update today is they expect him to play in the national championship. That's big. That's good. The other thing. Uh, on Saban, I saw today also, this will be the first season in the Saban era at Alabama that they have not been number one for at least a week. Huh. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> yes. That's very impressive. But I'm on the lane train I ne- love ne- next year. I mean, if they can, if they can compete in the arms race of recruiting – with Alabama and Georgia and LSU, he's going to be there. And he's they looked the very right impressive now. against Penn State. Yeah, and Penn State's defense was at full strength. Yeah, yeah. and they put more points on them than anybody else did. His teams year. can score. And Jackson Dart will be back, right? Yeah, he announced he's coming back. Yeah. Which one? One other thing before we before we wrap up. Who was the kid that was the freshman at UCLA? Dante Moore, he's yeah. at Oregon now. What about the fact that he went to he chose to go to Oregon knowing he wasn't going to start so he could learn he the com- system? He committed to Oregon first. He yeah, I know. He committed to Oregon out of high school, switched to UCLA, yeah. and then went back to Oregon after a year. Yeah, I know, but that's the, the crazy part about that is is in this day and age of the transfer portal, I want to play, I want to play. He goes in, in to a place that he knows he's not going to play. For at least one year, I think that's a different aspect that you haven't seen. Look at the Spencer kid that went to Ole Miss. He left Oklahoma State to go to Ole Miss. He could have went to Florida and started. That was Lane Kiffin just making sure nobody else had him because that kid's a senior, Spencer yeah. Sanders. He's that was He's his done. one year of eligibility. Yeah, and he chose to be the backup to Jackson Dart. You know yeah. that happens more than we realize. Yeah. Is a kid committing to school A? 
changing his mind, usually near the last second, to school B, and then ends up back at school A. He's like, oops, I made a mistake. And the reason why that happens is because they commit to school A, or school B panics because they lost kid A, B, and C. So they give false expectations and promises to this kid to get him at the last second, and it sways the kid. And he gets there and he realizes they were exactly that, false expectations and a false premise of why he should be there. And he ends up going back where the integrity lied in the first place. That happens quite a bit now. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're, you're, you're right. And, yeah. you know, the grass is not always greener, right? Usually over the sewer. <laughs> you're only all over the sewer. Oh, shoot. Well, that was fun. Well, you want to name our athlete of the week? Well, oh, Adam down there is the one that suggested him. I thought we'd just let him do it. He probably doesn't even remember who he suggested. Uh, oh, he let's knows. Let's see here. Athlete of the week. I mean, did we win Did we win a tournament? He was the Engineer Classic. That is what it was called, right? Engin- I think so. Railroad Classic. I call, I call it the Choo Choo Classic. Yeah, it was the Railroad Classic. MVP, Brecken Decker. Yes, sir. Congratulations, Brecken. First time. Or at least it's first time in the T-shirt era. Right. right. <laughs> so he's probably a two X, isn't he, Coach? No, he's a large. I was joking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my brain's. That's on. okay. That's all right. Well, this was this this was fun. We appreciate you coming on with us, Coach. And I'm proud know, of you guys talking man. about some other. Hey, we we hit the thousand follower mark. That yeah. right. On New Year's Eve. Well, you didn't hit a check mark, so I haven't. I haven't had the opportunity to update that yet. It's not checks. I don't believe it. Doesn't happen. Nope. Yeah. We also hit the seventy-five hundred download mark. Well, there's two checks missing. Yeah. It happened about eleven thirty Sunday morning. Yeah. We standing in the church uh, vestibule and was like, click, 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 click. Oh wow, we just hit it. It's because Adam and I motivated you. We did. Reverse psychology. You know who y'all need to get on here? Who's that? Bart. Coach Ryzen? Yes. Uh, 100%. 1 million percent. Maybe he can bring Billy Ray with him. Well, I was getting ready to actually say Barton Billy Ray. Yep. Um, I don't think he'll be back until February, though. He's in Texas for a few months. He, he has a place in Texas. But uh, um, you need to get Coach Ryzen on here. Only God knows what he'll say. That's okay. <laughs> We're not on ESPN or any network. You can't censor it. Uh, We're good. <laughs> Well, you guys are doing a good job, and I hope that you continue to gain sponsors. And uh, um, this is a this is a part of the fabric of this community, which you guys do. Sports are important to people. Yeah, they are. You know, sometimes too important, but they are important because it helps a community create identity. Yeah. And you guys are are, are uh, chartering that, and that's that's awesome. Well, it, it it it's awesome, and we're glad to to have you be a part of it. Uh, one last thing before we wrap up this weekend, yeah. Saturday, we've got the uh, Joe B. And, and Denny Classic. What time's the first game? Well, technically, we're going to have a JV game because we were supposed to play Frederick Douglass JV varsity on February 12th, but they had a schedule issue, so our JV team couldn't play. So they're going to play uh, – our JV team is going to play Frederick Douglass at 4. Rock Castle County plays Fairdale at 6. Two very good teams. Fairdale's ranked, right? Yep. And um, we play Frederick Douglass at eight, so four, six, and eight. Okay. So there'll be plenty. There'll be some gaps in between, but um, 
I like that. I want. I'd like for teams to have thirty minutes to warm up. Yeah. Well, you guys coming out? We are. We we are going to be there. We're, up. We'll be live for uh, the the two varsity games. Uh, hopefully, if everything goes well, we will have some new merchandise uh, to showcase while we're there, so we can sell some shirts you know while we're new there. Merchandise? And except um, free merchandise. We, we are working on having a special interview during the first game. So uh, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to spill it yet because it's not a hundred percent. But we're hoping that we'll have a special interview. So, do you uh, want me to come up with a player after our game? Absolutely. Guys, still going to be set up absolutely. after absolutely. the game. Yep. Okay, we'll do that. Awesome. Awesome. New, well, guys, the new merchandise is the logo. We're changing it a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're going to put the back of my head because okay. I'm always looking at you all. <laughs> put the back of my head. Jessica's got of. jokes. He does. Wrap Nobody's this, laughing. Wrap this up. <laughs> all right, guys. I will say, Jessica has made it very clear that seven of those final vote or final followers were hers. <laughs> she invited her entire friends. <laughs> all, seven all, seven all, seven. all seven. All seven. She's of got an amazing <laughs> friends list. <laughs> It's very in-depth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. There you have it for another episode of the From Corner to Corner podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. Stay safe, friends. The MoCo Four Horsemen would like to thank you for listening to From Corner to Corner. Be sure to go out and follow us on Twitter, on TikTok, on Facebook, Instagram, and even YouTube whatever podcast platform that you listen to us on, be sure to go out and give us a five-star review. Thanks as always, and we look forward to seeing you next week.